Well, welcome back to the Mallow Sheridan Show, the supplemental program to the Demon Games book series. This is podcast number three, Can We Alter the Future? So let's discuss the apocalypse. If you are one of the many people who lie in wait for this event, you have likely conceptualized its timeline. Depending on how far into the future you have mentally placed this event, the more it impacts how you live today. So let's discuss the degrees of belief, and let's be honest here. If you really believe the world was going to end tomorrow and the good people of Earth raptured away, you wouldn't be going all business as usual. You would be doing what others have done when they were sure the end was near, hitting the road and taking the message of impending doom to as many people as possible. If you really think humankind only has a day left, you would be on the streets of your city right now. Now, if you think this event is a few months away, you will find a way to get your message to the people who live in the periphery of your life or even in unserved foreign lands. If you think it's a few years away before social order ends, chaos erupts, a world government takes place, and resources are rationed, you will look for the best place to hunker down with the people you love and focus upon sustainability and survival. The activity of the people is one way to gauge where they consider themselves to be in the progression towards the end. The world is acting on the last premise, meaning thinking there's a few years. The people are restless. Migration is exploding. Crime rates are soaring. Warlike activity is escalating beyond the nations. These trends are not new, but the level of intensity is. Things that are new include an international spiritual awakening, a global push to expand individual human rights and legal protections of these rights, and the overt implementation of a strategy that would lock down the citizens of the world under a central governing power in the name of redistributing wealth. Since most people believe in an apocalypse, you would think it would be an acceptable and expected topic of communication. And yet, such talk as we are having right now is on lockdown, many locations, by the smaller percentage who do not believe in it. Changing this depends upon us. It's always a good idea to separate evidence from propaganda, because on this topic, there's plenty of both. If history has taught us anything, it's that before you trust in something, ask yourself, who stands to gain by convincing me to take a side on this issue? Let's look at this one. How close are we to the apocalypse? Now, some religious leaders are bothered when I say we, meaning the citizens of Earth, aren't ready to give up the fight yet, nor are we convinced that the ending is fixed. These really aren't popular ideas, especially with those who believe in a preordained, set-in-stone, inescapable ending. I'm one of the ones wondering why every believer wouldn't want to move forward with this sense of hope. Well, a few months ago, I got an answer. An American pastor requested that we positive outcome people stop with our madness. He accused us of prolonging the return of the Messiah to take him to heaven. I don't know his reasoning for not wanting to stay here any longer, but I do want to dissect his statement. In short, he believes the hopeful are delaying the rapturing away of the realists like himself. If this is truly what he believes, he is taking issue with the wrong entity. Life goes on for one reason and one reason only, because Almighty says so. If the ending is set, then we so-called obstructionists can't alter the timeline anyway, and he is frustrated for nothing. 
if it's fluid, it's fluid for a reason, and we really should be examining this possibility, especially within the places of worship. Wanting to get out of here pronto, with an apparent disregard for the good that still could be done, is certainly a strident shift away from the no man left behind mantra. We simply cannot predict what Almighty is planning, but we were left with clear instructions on what we should be doing until we find out. Not one of these instructions is about giving up or blaming your fellow man for keeping you from your destination. Here's a great question. Can Almighty change his mind? There are 19 scripture verses in the Bible that speak of Almighty changing his mind. The location of the scriptures is in the show notes on the website. In addition to these verses, there's also the story of Abraham bargaining with the Creator on the number of good men needed to spare Sodom and Gomorrah. Almighty countered three times, dropping the number from 50 to 10. This scene gives us insight to the great game and proves that Almighty does bargain with humans and does change his mind. I wonder how long it will be until the spiritual people come together to bargain with him over the approaching apocalypse. It's sad that there hasn't been a single significant gathering of religions in the world to talk about how we might approach the Creator with a plan to save the people and the planet. It seems that they prefer to fight with each other. Too many are looking to political and popular leaders for their salvation, and they are going to be terribly disappointed. Since the death of Jesus, Muslims and Christians have been predicting the imminent return of the Messiah. The outcome of the Messiah's return differs immensely between the two religions, but even so, this makes up over 60% of the world that's waiting for this event. There are many translations of the statement made by Jesus before he left that the end is at hand. Some scholars say that even the disciples took this to mean they were leaving in hours or days, and for a short time they even stopped their ministries. From the perspective of thousands of years later, we can see two possibilities of the statement. One, it was not properly interpreted, and therefore a return was not imminent in the typical interpretation. Or two, the date was moved forward in time, suggesting again that it's fluid. Now here is a harsh truth. An apocalyptic ending is still the most likely outcome for us. Humankind doesn't seem to be moving in a very positive direction with the Creator. A Creator implies responsibility, and responsibility implies a choice, in this case between good and evil. And the choice between good and evil implies that there are reward and consequences. And rewards and consequences imply the separation of the people. And a separation of the people implies a ripping apart of our shared reality in a post-apocalyptic space. So what might this be like? Well, we focus tightly on heaven in volume one and Hades in volume three. Please don't miss these great descriptive stories. And here's another one. Is there a zombie apocalypse in the Bible? Okay, so what about those who were left on earth to face the ending? Beyond an expected downward spiral of conditions, the Bible might even support a zombie apocalypse. Here's a verse taken directly from the Bible. And in those days shall men seek death and shall not find it, and desire to die, and death shall flee from them. I put this tidbit in for my sci-fi fans, but see it for yourself if you're curious. It's in Revelation 9, 6. 
As you head into part two of the book one, you will see into the plans and movements of the demons in the underworld. Lucifer has assumed the female energy and goes by the name of Lucy. She has appointed her seven lead demons and strategizes with them to devastate the planet and the people during her seven-year reign. This will be something for you to read and imagine through. Her plan will be to increase the pressure on the believers to cause Almighty to respond to their pain and disrupt the great game. As the book progresses, the reader can see more reason to destroy Lucy and her demons, but are inspired to fight back against the enemy. We hope you enjoy the quick turn of a direction in part two and get a glimpse into the life of the demons in episodes six through ten. The soldier is not gone. He will return. He's not in this particular section of the book, but you'll hear him discussed. If you're interested, look at the call to praise on our website to join us in praying twice a day with your brothers and sisters around the world. We pray at 10.15 a.m. and 2.15 p.m. in your time zone, of course. It's a quick praise to our Creator, and it resets our attitude for the rest of the day. It's wonderful. We hope you will join us for next week's Mallow Sheridan Show. We will be discussing positivity and the millennial generation. There is good reason to believe that millennials will be the last generation on earth to hit all phases of life. What role might they play in the apocalypse? We will ping both topics next week. Talk soon.